It's the sentence that makes any parent's blood boil. Mum, Dad, someone hit me. But before you do this... What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Ask what makes a kid hit. And would you be amazed to know that a child is the most violent they'll ever be in their life at three years old? Is it as simple as we think it is? And how do we manage things at home regardless of who's doing the hitting? That's today on Dad Pod. It's Dad Pod, Dad Pod. Let's get ready for Dad Pod. Dad Pod, Dad Pod. Now it's time for Dad Pod. Have you got your headphones in because the baby's sleeping? It's Dad Pod, Dad Pod. Welcome to Dad Pod. I'm Osher Ginsberg. That's Charlie Clawson. We are two dads of kids who are about, at this point, two and a half-ish. Mm-hmm. We couldn't find any decent content around impending fatherhood or being a good dad when we found out we were going to be dead. So we started this podcast. Every episode features key insights, takeaways, and stories from you. And if you've just found out you're going to be a dad, perhaps go back to the start and you can join us on our journey uh, and we'll meet you back here uh, as you catch up. Today, our guest is Professor Sharon Goldfeld, who's a paediatrician and a public health physician and one of the minds behind raisingchildren.net.au. Charlie, uh, how is your week? this week? Well, you know, it's been great, Osh, because uh, Iona made a little friend at daycare. Let's call this little friend Lily. And, you know, they've been inseparable for weeks, always playing together every time I go to daycare. They're off in the the mud kitchen or in the treehouse, whatever. It's so cute. And then one day Iona came home and she said, Lily hit me. What? You know, We found out it was a disagreement over a toy. Okay, you know, kids are kids. These things happen. I'm sure she didn't mean it. Make sure you tell your teachers we had that conversation. Then a couple of days later, it happened again. Lily hit me. I cried. All right, this is getting a bit more serious. We went and spoke to the teachers. They were all over it. Um, They said, look, it was nothing too serious. It was a disagreement over a hat. Uh, Lily pushed her, but it did upset Iona. But we'll talk to her. We'll make sure we monitor the situation. It happens again. Okay. (laughs) Is this now become something more serious, something we need to deal with? So we then got into the mode of like, okay, well, we've got the teachers monitoring it, but they're not going to be there all the time. So how do we tool up Iona to defend herself or to stand up for herself? You know, Iona is not the most uh, boisterous kid. She's a little shy in situations and it's like, okay, we want you to stand up for yourself. So we started saying, okay, we're running these scenarios. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> these simulations, if you will, about next time Lily does this, what are you going to do? You're going to say, stop. You're going to let the teachers know. So I think it's all going okay, but I'm just like, I don't really know if this is, like, if this is normal that it should be happening, that this one kid is targeting our kid on multiple occasions. I also don't know, like, how extreme the hitting is. It, it is like, if there, it's a tug of war over a toy, is that what Iona is identifying as being hitting? So I'm a bit lost. I'm hoping that when we talk to Professor Sharon Goldfeld, I'll be able to get some insight into that. How has your week been? Well, firstly, first and foremost, mate, I know exactly what, what you're talking about because that's that's the same thing that's been happening here. And I don't know about you, but when you hear the words such and such and hit me, did you feel a rage just arise from somewhere within your lines and wish to burst out of you as like, you know, <laughs> a Dawkin? <laughs> there is something very primal about it. I think Jem is the one who's more prone to kind of like that kind of protective like thing. For me, it was just more a case of I needed all the facts. I just wasn't – it seemed to me so 
incongruous that, you know, this is Lily who'd been her best friend. You know, I'd seen them playing together. They're as thick as thieves. And suddenly this uh, yeah, situation yeah. had occurred. I was like, I just, I needed to connect the docs. But then obviously after the second and third time, you're like, okay, we need to get this kid like a Hannibal Lecter straight jacket and mask. <laughs> she can't go near my daughter again. Yeah. Look, it's, it's wild because what you've been describing is pretty much the same thing that's been happening at our place. Maybe about, I don't know, Two weeks ago, Wolfie come home from daycare and he says, oh, I will change the name. Uh, Barry pushed me. Oh, I fell down. Oh, and I was, oh, my knee hurts. Okay, then. And so what, what, what did you, what happened? What did you feel like when Barry, oh, I felt sad. Okay. Did you tell Miss Jenny the thing? Yeah, I told Miss Jenny. She gave me a hug. Okay, then. Well, you know, we kind of try to guide him through that and go, well, there you go. So. Barry pushed him, so he fell over and hurt himself and had a bit of a hug and he felt better and, yeah, I'm okay now. Okay, cool. Anyway, it's happened two times since then, all right, mm. and it went to then Barry hit me uh. and then two days ago it was Barry was hitting me in the head with his pillow. Uh. Like, and I was like, okay then, right. So I'm like crikey, like at one point, you know, I'm like, what's happening to the kid, you know, because I remember when I was like eight, nine my house wasn't very stable my parents ended up breaking up but this was the kind of time before that now as an adult i look back and go i was just trying to do something so i'm like as well at the same time like crikey was uh so i went to drop him off and i i charlie i really did resist the urge to go oh look there's the friend you talk about in africa <laughs> which one's barry like yeah. i tried really <laughs> i did not want to know which one he was right so on the, i didn't want to say anything in the room to the to teachers there but at the front desk place had a chat so look and i don't quite know how to deal with this but He's come home three times now saying a kid called Barry's hit him and I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening over there. I don't know what's going on with that kid. And I, I, I don't know how we're dealing with this and such and such. She goes, okay, I'll sort it out. I'll have a chat with you. Anyway, that afternoon when Audrey went to pick him up, Charlie, mm -hmm. the main educator in the room, uh, took Audrey aside and says, there's no Barry in this class <laughs> and there's no Barry anywhere near here. <laughs> So he, he's six sensed Wolf you. has he's six sensed us. He has created this entire wow. thing, which is amazing. Yeah. And you know, I'd like to think that we did exactly what you did. We like we try to talk him through it yeah. and role play it and give him some steps around how to deal war with it. Wargame it, mate. Wargame it. War yeah, yeah wargaming it. But crikey, man. Like, That's like so at strange. one point I'm like, wow, not That's creative. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but I don't know what, I don't know how, now I don't know how to deal with that. Do you think it's, <laughs> it, is it the equivalent of like, you know, kids come up with imaginary friends? So like, did Barry, I mean, when he was describing what Barry had done, was he giving you a description of Barry himself? Like you're obviously convinced that he was real. So was there detail in how he's describing Barry? Not as far as what they look like. He's not, he's not very, you know, Articulate. he knows if someone's a boy or a girl. Yeah. You know? He, he doesn't really know blonde hair, dark hair, you know. Where did the name Barry come from, though? That's that's the other thing, too, because, like, often with Iona, you know, she'll get a toy and we'll say, oh, what do you want to name it? And she has, like, you know, three names she can go to, which generally are mum, dad, or, you know, one of our neighbours. It's funny that Barry, yeah. like, where did Barry come from, I wonder? I don't know. We name all of his toys and some of the names he comes up with is like, there is no one in your life called Cindy. But amazing that you that's knew amazing. that yeah. that's a human name. You're incredible. I love you. 
You're great. Okay. So now Cindy's coming to the bath. Cindy's great. Uh, luckily, uh, Professor Goldfeld is like uh, extraordinarily qualified because <laughs> I'm sure yeah. I'm not alone here. Yeah. I'd love to know what is what is going on. Though it is, it is confronting, isn't yeah. it? When you feel that thing in, inside you. Audrey is is more like you in this in this scene, and, and that Audrey is far more calm about the idea that another kid might be hurting our kid. Mm. I was not aware of this idea of hold on, I cannot, uh, this is an idea that's flashed across my brain, but I actioning this is not a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I felt a bit weird that it Violence. was an idea that flashed across my brain. I, I hope I hope it's a normal idea. I, don't, I didn't want to go John Goodman in the Big Lebowski, you know, with a golf club. Yeah. Like, you, you know, the, the point you raised about when you were eight or nine and your parents were separating, because it just immediately made me think of when I was in kindergarten, and I have not thought about this in in years, but I used to bully a kid in kindergarten, a, a little American kid called Jesse. I remember I used to grab his cheeks and like stretch his cheeks out like that, like as a, as a bullying tactic. But I had no divorced parents. I had nothing, no like stress or abuse to kind of like blame it on. It was just me being a little shit, which I guess kids can also do as well. Like I, maybe sometimes like the violence doesn't have an obvious root. Maybe it's just kids being kids. And I guess, you know, when we talk to Professor Sharon Goldfeld, we'll, we'll get an understanding of like, is some things just, this is just the part and parcel of kids finding their boundaries and, and working out their interactions. Obviously, you know, you want to monitor yeah. that stuff, but is other stuff like more malicious and intent? Like it's, it's a really complex subject. It, it sure is. I mean, I guess, you know, as any any of us do, you know, as you're a young person and you're figuring out your body can do stuff and you're figuring out that oh, if I do this with my fist and I make it go really fast in that person's direction, then they give me the thing I want. Well, mm. that's interesting. Yeah. You know, maybe that's, you know, yes, it works, but then figuring out, oh, now that person's sad and, oh, now I feel sad that I've made this person sad because, you know, we're wired for empathy. They eventually figure out that that's not possibly the best way to get stuff that you want. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's all a part of it. you got to push the boundaries to work out what they are. Yeah. You're exploring that your body could do this. Your hands could go pinchy pinch and you could squeeze his cheeky cheeks and he would react in a certain way. And yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he's fine now. <laughs> I'm sure it's not like in Young Rock where- yeah. uh, uh, he goes up against the other kid at school, <laughs> which is great, by the way. I've been watching. I've been watching Young Rock. It's so yeah, it's good. amazing. I think it's it's a very like I don't want to make it a gendered conversation, but like I think there is also that thing of like little boys coursing with testosterone. Like sometimes I'll be at the park um, with Iona, and like these and boys like under the age of five will come in, and they're like little chimpanzees. They're just so like boisterous mm. and jumping around and like they they are violent but often without any kind of intent or, or or direction in the violence it's just that they push they shove they pull they it's like their their brains are just like pumping with all these like chemicals which they're you know just gorse through their bodies oh yeah uh, it's an old, ancient reference but there and there's an ancient a, a real old cartoon called the Flintstones and they had a one of the uh, families had a son called Bam Bam yeah. who would just go around just destroying stuff and yeah it's the Bam Bam yeah, bam, it's bam, the bam, bam. And you're right. I mean, I'm one of four boys, so it's all I knew. But once Wolfie started doing it, uh, Audrey's like, what the, f what the fuck is that? I'm like, that's <laughs> a boy. That's what boys do. Because she had, you know, Georgia, who was the classic, you know, princesses, unicorns, and rainbows. And Wolfie's just like, <laughs> just fucking trucks destroy. You know, freight train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's not malicious. It's just, I can't not do it. My body just wants to. 
crash into things. And yeah. yeah. It's finally, we're talking about kids hitting each other and time at the park. We actually have an email all about this uh, and we'll get to that in, in just a moment. If you want to email us here at DadPod, you can write to Charlie and myself, askdadpod at gmail.com. We always love to hear from you. Ashley has been a long-time listener to the show. I want to know how to handle someone else's kid being naughty around or to my kid. What are the boundaries? How do I set the best example of sticking up for them? Man, earlier in the show, you mentioned being at the park. That's a real tough one for me. Yeah. Especially if, you know, mum or dad is just flicking through gum tree looking for bargains and not looking up at what their child is doing. I I don't, I mean, this is, I feel like this question is beyond my pay grade. I'm sure Professor Goldfield will have some answers for it. But my current method of dealing with it is just extraction. Like I just pull Iona out of situations and like, even if I feel like, you know, that we're completely in the right, it's like, I just... I've have got so many friends who have told me stories of getting into conflicts with other parents because, like you say, like you know, kids bump heads on a slide. The other parent wasn't watching because they're on their phone. Yet somehow they accuse your child of doing the wrong thing. It's like I just avoid <laughs> avoid those situations. It's just it's a minefield, and I think it's obviously only going to get more complex. You know, a few weeks ago we spoke about Iona at Bounce, the trampoline kingdom, when, you know, that kid backflipped and landed on, on Iona's arm and, and, and dislocated her elbow, essentially. And there was no parent to be seen. Gemma had to get mad at her five-year-old. <laughs> you know, it was very undignified. I don't think that is the solution necessarily. Understandable, but I don't think that's the solution. I think you're right. Extraction is probably the I'd like to not have to do that. And it might be able to, especially if we just got to the park, if we mm. just got to the playground. But Ashley, I, I would absolutely completely agree with Charlie. Like, do not engage the other parent, even if you're furious. Like, d- don't engage. Nothing good could possibly come from that. Because even if their kid, even if they know their kid's in the wrong, you've got to be really lucky for them to go. I'm so sorry that just happened. If they don't open with that, perhaps don't go there because yeah. there may be some sort of weird pride, ego thing, something that gets in the way of, of them knowing that or or seeing that and then going on the attack. Every parent's going to defend their own kid. It's just inbuilt in all of us, you know, like you're immediately going to protect your kid and yeah. defend your kid, especially if it's like someone's come out of the blue and said, blah, 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 and then comes at you like this, like you're going to go into a defensive position. But yeah, I'm, 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 I yeah. think this is one we we should just wait until we get the professor on the line so we can, we can discuss that with yeah. her because I feel... <laughs> Uniquely unqualified. <laughs> yeah. I'll just tell you what's happened in the past with me, Ashley, in that I say, if, for example, a kid doesn't wait their turn at the slide or whatever or, you know, is deliberately breaking something, usually at the park or, or whatever, and, you know, Wolfie sees it, we'll generally try to find our way to move away from that kid somehow, try and find something else to do, look at a, especially if we've just got there and we've been talking about going to the park all day, we don't want to leave straight away. Go and look at a tree, look at a flower, look at a leaf, whatever, maybe talk a little bit about what's happening. Oh, how'd that make you feel? Mm. Okay, well, maybe, well, what about this? And, you know, then try and focus on something else. And usually if that kind of kid is at the park, they'll generally get bored or whatever they're doing and then fuck off pretty quick. Yeah. So it doesn't take too long. And just focusing on keeping Wolfie kind of away from that and also keeping myself safe from a potentially escalating situation because <laughs> I don't want to allow myself untethered into that situation because I'm not confident of how I'll be able to handle it either, particularly if, you know, it's kids around. Mm. So it's for the safety of everyone, just, oh, what's this over here? 
let's do some mindfulness. Let's touch the bark on this tree. You know, that's kind of what 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 we've been doing. But we'll see what the uh, expert has to say. We're, we're pretty stoked to get her. She's one of the people behind raisingchildren.net.au, which is a, a fantastic website, especially over the last two years or so, when it's just tip your baby's left foot in molasses and face them to the new moon and, and <laughs> that should take care of it. Uh, it was very convincingly produced YouTube video. Might not be the best thing. It's a great website because it's chock full of science. And we'll talk to Professor Goldfeld right after this. Charlie, our guest today is an expert among experts. Professor Sharon Goldfeld is a paediatrician, a public health physician. She works at the Murdoch Children's Research Institute. She is the director for the Centre of Community Child Health at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, and she is one of the mega brains behind raisingchildren.net.au, which is a fantastic resource, which I know our family has used. We use it every week. Uh, Professor Goldfeld, welcome to the show. Did I miss anything? <laughs> For me? No. You got it all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We've been speaking a bit on the show today about mostly both of the things we're talking about this week have been have been hitting. Wolfie has come home from daycare saying, um, Barry hit me. And he's told us three separate stories about once it was a hit, once it was a bite, and the next time it was a hitting with a, a pillow. And we were, you know, oh, what did you do? And did, you know... Miss Jenny, the teacher, did she talk to you? And and I was sad. I cried, such and such. Um, after the third time, I went to them when I picked him up. I said, I just want to let you know that there's a kid called Barry that he said three times now he's hitting him. Anyway, that afternoon when Audrey went to pick him up, the teacher came and said to him, there's no Barry in his class. Oh. So it's an M. Night Shyamalan twist. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on there, Sharon? Can you help us understand? Because as far it, it was real as far as we're concerned. I just love that story because it brings up so many different issues about little kids that are just worth having a brief chat about. The first of which is kids making up friends, which is fantastic. The second is this issue of what do you do when your child keeps saying they're being hit by somebody or they're the hitter because they're both kind of interesting issues. So both of those are, are kind of um, really interesting issues. And the third is this kind of general idea about how do you talk to staff and talk to educators about your kid when you're concerned. So happy to talk about any or all of those three things. Charlie's is actually a real one. So <laughs> we'll, when Charlie asks you his question, we'll talk about the, the real version. So if you could just talk about the the inventing part and what, what's going on there. So inventing friends is a really usual part of children's imagination and they'll come home and they'll often describe to you a real person. They'll tell you what they look like. They'll tell you what their name is. They'll often tell you in their own language the sorts of conversations they're having with this person. They may be of either gender. They may be a boy, boy, girl, boy, girl, girl. It could, could be any of those sorts of things. And it's their way of kind of exploring relationships without actually understanding they're exploring relationships. So they're going to sit down with you at that age and go, you know, dad, mom, had this um, meeting today with someone or had a conversation with someone. We explore these issues. That ain't going to happen. But actually, they're exploring relationships and they're doing it in a way that kind of makes sense um, for them with someone who's very safe because they can control the entire narrative around that child. I thought it was really interesting. I said that the child said that they were being beaten up by Barry. And I guess that goes to their way of exploring what it means to be in a friendship where you're not quite sure how to manage that friendship. And that's really what it is when you're being hit, isn't it? You're not quite sure how to manage that um, friendship 
Or it might be that it wasn't Barry that hit them. It might be that it was, you know, John that was actually doing the hitting. But actually to explore the issue with you, he's going to use Barry because maybe he doesn't mm. want to get John in trouble. So any of those things are really great ways of like, it's just so clever. Aren't the kids so clever? Like they yeah. don't even know how clever they are at exploring these issues with their parents. He's two and a half. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I can't write a script like that. Yeah, Sharon, is that the equivalent <laughs> of, of, of you saying, oh, look, uh, a, a, a friend of mine's got this issue and you're like, oh, I know who this friend is. Like this this friend is you. They're, so what <laughs> what Wolfie's doing in this situation is maybe there was a conflict of some kind, but he is now exploring the breadth of where that could go if it was like maybe it was like a shove or it was something not as violent as, as being struck. But is that what you're saying that he could be doing is sort of like play acting this scenario? You're absolutely right. It could have happened to him once. It could have actually happened to somebody else. And he was kind of wondering. Now, as I said, at two and a half, he's not sitting there having deep thoughts about this because kids at two and a half can't do that. So they come up with different ways of trying to use their imagination and the kind of developmental stage they're at to make it really concrete. At that age, kids are really concrete. It's why you can say to them really concretely, don't touch this light switch, and they understand that. But you can't say to them, don't touch this light switch because that's where electricity goes and you might get um, electric, you know, they can't understand any of that. So kids are really, really concrete. So that's their way of making really concrete associations. It's not about lying. They're not lying to you. Hmm. They're actually using their developmental processes to try and understand what's going on in the world around them. Right. I mean, in, in my daughter's situation, Iona, it kind of snuck up on us because it started off that she'd made this friend at daycare and she was talking about this girl who we're going to call Lily because I don't want to impugn her reputation in case her parents end up listening to this show. Um, but they were, you know, best friends. And every time I went to pick her up from daycare, they'd be playing together thick as thieves. And then it started to come out that she was like, Lily hit me. And then Lily took my hat. And then Lily was doing all this kind of bullying behavior. And and so we were right on top of it. We spoke to the teachers who were aware of it and even observed some of this behavior. But then the, the idea came to us is like, well, we want to be able to teach our daughter some resilience and the ability to stand up for herself in case there isn't a supervisor or a teacher there. So what would you advise parents in that situation? And I think you're bringing up, Charlie, some really good issues that will go on in children's lives well into kind of primary and secondary school. So it's not like this idea of who's got power, who hasn't got power, what do you do when people are actually doing things to you that you don't like? And that could be verbal as well as physical. Don't forget verbal stuff's pretty bad too. Of and I think it's the start of those conversations of what do you do when someone's doing something to you that you don't like? What are the words that you can use? What are the sort of strategies you can use? This is not the language, obviously, you would use with a child. But what are the sorts of things you might do? And it's usually starting with the questioning of the child. Really? Did Millie, I think it was, Millie hit you? Wow, what was that like? And what do you think you might do next time? And what do you think Millie's thinking when she's hitting you? And, you know, those very sort of basic conversations and and then, you know, and then it's just being like, oh, gosh, it hurts, doesn't it, when someone hit you? What, what do you think you might say to Millie? So you give your child in their language some words that will help them. Millie, that really hurt me. Oh, Millie, please don't do that to me, Millie. I don't like that. And, and also authorise them to ask to go to a teacher or whatever. That, that's okay as well to get help when you can't do it yourself. Mm. So, oh, if Millie, Millie hit you, well, what else could you do? You could tell us, you know, tell the parents, that's great tell another friend, 
tell the teacher, but mostly to be able to talk back to the child themselves, especially if she's got a relationship with Millie and she likes Millie. And honestly, mm. at a young age, children do like various people on various days more than others and, you know, can be a best friend one day and don't talk to them the next. But I do think yeah. it's starting to have those conversations mainly. And, and I do, I want to put at the heart of this, it's arming your children about the ability to be able to recognize that if you don't like what's happening to you, what do you do next? Because it's not just something that happens at two, at three, it goes on well into primary school and secondary school. And I think it's really important that kids have or start to think about the way to use language to sort of unpack that for themselves and to unpack that for the person who, let's call them the perpetrator for the purposes of this <laughs> um, podcast. Yeah. So two and a half kids don't have a huge amount of language. They've got some language because otherwise you wouldn't know that Millie was hitting Iona. Mm. So I think the challenge for us as adults often is to think, what's the language I need to use with this child who's two and a half, who yeah. needs really simple, simple language and using your face and your hands, you know, ow. Oh, that hurt. Oh, I wonder why. Why did Millie hit me? Ow. You know, that sort of thing. So that, like, stop, Millie. No, Millie. It hurts, Millie. So it, mm. is, it is remembering at, as a parent the age of the child you're actually talking to. What's interesting about that is the idea of um, actually getting the child to question and think about it. Because I think our initial reaction was just, well, next time it happens, just tell her stop, you know. And I think that there's a bit of a disconnect when you give them the solution without leading them to what, why they're saying stop. I know that, um, you know, other people we've talked to, there's a real value in if there is a, a conflict or, a, or an emotional kind of outburst, helping the kid explore and navigate their way to why that occurred. And so the idea of asking questions or, 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 or talking Iona through it and why did this happen, it hurt, didn't it, all that kind of stuff is really good because it gives her a more complete view of, of, of the conflict itself and then therefore what the, the resolution of that would be. Yeah. It was very difficult for me. I'm not going to lie, guys. It was difficult for me on pickup after the second time it happened to not say, who are oh, these? Are all your friends? Which one's Barry? <laughs> Just cracking you know, your knuckles. Did, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was it was because I, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go Liam Neeson. You know, I didn't want yeah. to. I didn't want. But I understand. I I don't agree with it. But I get why that's a reaction that parents have. I get that need. But mm. then what you're talking about, Sharon, is it's like teaching a kid to fall asleep by themselves. Like, what do you do then if you not allow the kid to develop that skill by themselves? I guess the one thing worse for me, I've come home. Kid come home and says somebody hit me. Is the school calling saying he or she is hitting. Mm. Like it must be very difficult as a person of the kid who's being hit to think of the kid on the other side of the equation. Can hitting be a symptom? I mean, is, is hitting a symptom of, of something else, Sharon? Well, um, it depends on the age of the child, I guess. So there's a couple of things. I just wanted to say to you that it is very normal for you want to go and beat up a two-year-old <laughs> who's beating up your two-year-old. I did not say that. <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of what you want to do. I want to go and I, beat up this two-year-old. Not their parents. I, a, I want to beat up the two-year-old. I have a particular <laughs> set of skills and I was going to podcast their parents into <laughs> Andy, I think no. we've got our clip for this episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the protective stuff. You know, you'd lay down your life for your kids. So now you go, yeah. the beating up a two-year-old, that's simple. <laughs> and it's a fight I could win. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a fight to win, that's right. You know you're going to win that battle. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm vegan with a hip replacement. I, I think it'd be pretty evenly matched. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other thing to just know, which I think is really going to be interesting, I guess for some people listening, is that at about two to three year, years of age, children are actually about the most violent they will ever be in their whole life. Oh. 
And so there's some very cool research by a researcher called Richard Tremblay, he's from Canadian, who actually looked at the level of violence in children across their ages. And in fact, three is the most violent children ever. That's the most time they're hitting. So this is quite often in childcare, you know, particularly preschool, et cetera. They're hitting each other. In fact, you may be interested to know that I was actually expelled from kindergarten for hitting. <gasps> oh, wow. I was expelled from two-year-old kindergarten for hitting. But I, oh, I you wow. know, found my way back. <laughs> We've got an ex-con on this show. <laughs> there is redemption. And so you do look underneath, why is the child, you know, why is the child hitting? Are they bored? Is there something else going on, et cetera, et cetera? Is there something going on at home? And for the educators themselves, that's the sort of thing they'll be wondering, is there something happening for this family you know, and um, can I just emphasise how important educators are in sort of trying to engage with families and and find out not necessarily what's going on, you're damaging this child, but what can we do to help? Is there something we can do? But it is interesting just how kids whack each other, really, at this age. And so there's that kind of normal developmental stuff. Not that we would say that's great to go whacking kids, but just to put it in context, it yeah. is part of a normal developmental phase. What do we do as, as parents if we find out that our kid is hitting or if we see our kid hitting someone at, at a park or something like that? Yeah, well, exactly the same. It's having that conversation about what you're, this is, a, a parenting is all about being putting in these guidelines and these guardrails, I guess, in what's acceptable or not acceptable for you as a parent. So you want those guardrails to be wide enough that children can explore, but narrow enough that they're quite clear where those boundaries lie. And if you as a parent think that your kid hitting other kids is not acceptable, then that's what you kind of have to be able to say to your kid, you know, that's not acceptable, that's not okay. You can start to explore why, but they're not going to give you a whole lot at two and a half. But so that some things you just have to say, like don't put your finger in the electric plug, is that's just not okay, full stop. And Mm. then start to sort of explore what are the alternatives when you're angry, what else can you do when you're frustrated, not using those words obviously. But those guardrails, they start really early in life. Often we think, you know, by the time you get to adolescence, there's a whole lot of guardrails you've already put in place. And if you've gone through parenting already an adolescent kid, you'll know how important those guardrails are. And so they start early. And so I do think on both sides, you're unpacking some of this, having the conversation where you can at a two and a half year old level, but also just being clear about, no, that's just not okay even if it is developmentally within norm. Yeah, with, with hitting too as well, like there are situations in which it's not a malicious hitting, it's just a misunderstanding of the circumstances. For instance, I was in the bathtub with Iona last night and she thought it was a hilarious idea to hit me in the head with every single pool toy she had in the bathtub. Like she just, I think it started off with like a ping pong ball and she thought that was funny. And then the objects got increasingly heavier and more painful as I cut on my head and <laughs> Because it was a fun situation and had started off as a game and it was funny, it was it was hard to then wrestle control back because dad had been laughing at the start, had been a bit silly, but then things had escalated quickly. So is there a different tactic you would take in that situation where it's like, okay, this is fun and it started off as a game, but now it's flipped and someone's in distress? Like Because I found it was hard to talk her down off that kind of sugar rush of we're having fun in the bathtub to now this is actually not fun for me anymore. Yeah, look, I, and I think um, sometimes when we think about this and you're trying to think on the spot and you're in the bath and, you know, everything else is going on. So you're not always going, you know, it's not like this on this lovely podcast where you can sit like, calmly and just discuss things. And in the heat of the moment, things are often quite uh, tricky. 
but but essentially it goes back to that guardrails moment. Like it's kind of fun for a bit. Now mm. there's pain. So like we need to stop now because, you know, oh, it hurts daddy, you know, make up crying sort of eyes. Oh, daddy's sad now because it's because it now it hurts. Let's do something else. Oh, I, I, I put in an Oscar-winning performance, Sharon, don't worry. The the fake tears yeah, that exactly. were Yeah, and then you just distract them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And then it's just – and then you had all that water, Charlie, so you were kind of – you had no problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just used the, the artful, artful tool of for parents, which is the art of distraction. Right. And uh, the beauty about toddlers are and um, preschoolers are they are great suckers for distraction. And so they're very distractible. And uh, off you go. Just, you know, well, let's do something else. Let's learn how to swim in the bath and off you go. You're swimming, you know, you're swimming across the ocean and that's the end of the throwing. So distraction is a great tool. So stop it, distract, off you go. Because, you know, you can't have a really in-depth conversation about pain thresholds at that stage. <laughs> and that, you know, that maybe her dad's a bit of a wuss. Well, you know, that's a conversation you can have another time. Hey, wait. what? I'm t- oh, my God. I've spoken like someone who was kicked out of daycare as a child. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I have a high bar, Charlie. <laughs> we did get a little, just very quickly, just to, before we let you go, Ashley did send us an email. It's, it's similar to, you know, what we've been talking about, but when there's another party involved, another family involved, Ashley's wanted to know, how do I handle someone else's kid being naughty around or to my kid? What are the boundaries? What What's the best examples I can set for sticking up for them? Tricky in a public place mm. and tricky if the other parent isn't there or even trickier if they are there. And not uh, on board. What would you say to that, Sharon? Yeah, you're right. Tricky is the right word. And obviously if that's happening at school, you can go by the teachers or the whatever, if it's happening at preschool, the educators, et cetera. But, you know, not much good if they come by accosting another parent. And similarly, probably beating up the kid or the parent, neither of those are good options. And often not even talking to that parent, even though you might want to do that with all the best intentions. In the same way that, Osha, you wanted to go and beat up the two-year-old. But you keep putting these words into my mouth. I reject the pre- I reject this question. I, I don't know. I'm starting um, to believe, uh, Professor Goldford, I think that maybe I've got to rethink this whole podcasting thing. I mean, I didn't realise that you love beating up two-year-olds, Osha. If I'd known that before we'd started doing this show. <laughs> but I mean, in the same way, you, as a parent, you're incredibly protective over your child. And so the first thing that parent, that parent is as protective over that child as you are over your child. Mm. And so the first thing they're going to do is be quite, ir- probably quite irrational in their response for all the reasons and the right reasons, actually, because they're going, this is my child, I'm being protective, rather than let's sit down and have a really decent conversation about this and discuss, like, that's just not going to happen. Mm. And I think that part of that is, you know, what's the threshold for some of this? I guess if their child's walking around with a knife, you might want to do something a bit differently. But if it's the general hurly-burly of the playground, it's often about the same things. How do you give your children the tools to sort of manage their playground, how to teach them how to walk away, how to find other things to do, how to move away from that child, all of those sorts of things in exactly the same way you would at any other time. And that's not to say when things aren't really serious, you shouldn't go and talk to another parent if a child was, you know, if it's a larger child, you know, running around with a stick around smaller children. Sometimes parents don't even notice. They're having chats in the park with other people. That's really important. Some just say, oh, I think that's your kid over there running around with a big stick. And often that's okay. Sometimes mm. parent haven't, hasn't noticed. But in general, if it's part of the hurly-burly of normal playground activity where the child's more or less the same age, it really is then about talking to your child. But all of these, of course, are nuances and 
um, you always have to assess the danger of the situation versus, uh, yeah, that, that, that annoying kid over there. But I'll bet, better just have a chat to my kid about how to avoid annoying kids. A, a, a perfect life skill, which also works for annoying adults <laughs> later on, which will be absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Professor Goldfeld, for taking time to speak with us today. As always, every episode, Charlie, I come away going, I wish I knew that last week, but now I do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the people listening who are learning this stuff for the first time, and hopefully they now can use this, uh, this stuff from Sharon yeah. and, and go forth. Um, you've been the best. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Great pleasure. Charlie, once again, I feel like a better dad already. And I know that we started this podcast to find uh, ways to become better dads, but I think we've really finally gamed a way to get free expert. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, before we record every episode, I'm always like, Jen, what do you want to know? We've got some bloody free expert advice coming yeah. up. What do you want to know? Yeah. The most important thing that I learned today was the idea of arming your kid with the skills of if you don't like what's happening to you, what do you do next? And that is that's real a really powerful idea around boundaries, around how they're being treated or maybe where they are, if they don't feel safe, if they don't like the way they're being talked to, or a brilliant idea and a concept that can grow as as the kid gets older. And for me, that was just fantastic. Yeah. And I was really interested in the idea that, you know, we have our kids coming home and they that say that someone hit us, but Having to evaluate what is like, you know, threatening violence, what is something that is like a serious situation, and then what is just the kind of cut and thrust of being a kid. Because in Wolfie's case, (laughs) he invented an entirely fictional person to describe what was going on. But then the idea that he was creating that scenario to kind of simulate what he would do in that situation or what that situation would be like. And then, you know, if you're in the situation where your kid is potentially the aggressor, as uh, Professor Goldfield said, the perpetrator in this situation, how you address that. And the idea that distraction is a great tool, you know, for some kids are not, when a kid is in a heightened situation, like, you know, I was talking about Iona throwing toys at me in the bathtub, creating a distraction to sort of take her down from that from that high level of excitement to you then explain, okay, well, this is actually hurting. You just threw a, you threw a toy tugboat in dad's face. <laughs> and while it was fun five minutes ago, now I think I can feel a lump coming along. So why don't we just distract with a bit of a bit of a bluey puppet outside the bathtub? We'll get you out and now we can talk about it afterwards. Let's have a debrief. Go get daddy some frozen peas and then let's have a debrief. <laughs> It's always good to hear from you. We love getting your emails. Askdadpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, dadpodgram. Thanks for listening. Make sure you rate and subscribe and like the show wherever you possibly can. Uh, Leave a comment wherever you possibly can. And tell a mate, tell a dad or a a mum of a dad or a son or a daughter of a dad. Just tell someone about this show. Share an episode if it's helpful. We'd, We'd love you to do that. Thank you so much. <sighs> I'm off to go and write a script based on Wolf's uh, M. Night Shyamalanian kind of Yeah, mate. You could sell that. It's amazing. Well, I started bidding war for that script. That'll be amazing. You better will. <laughs> Barry. <laughs> does he exist or does he not? Until we speak next time. Don't touch that. <laughs> <laughs>